gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this weekend's college and pro football cards. And what a weekend it appears to look like, Victor, with the college football playoff polls just coming out for the first time. And I know there will be a lot of controversy and a lot of talk about these polls this particular week. We're going to get into that in just a moment here. But uh, looking back last week, Victor, one big football game occurred when Ole Miss took their first loss of the season against LSU last year. It didn't appear, Victor, to really rankle uh, these polls, if you will, because we still find Mississippi ranked number four. But your take, Victor, on these first polls released by the playoff committee. Well, first of all, Mark, you do, in fact, mention that game. And right off the top, we got to mention that you were on LSU. It was a weird game. Uh, your Mark Lawrence preferred pick service ended up going a perfect 3-0 on Saturday. All three games were in the SEC conference. We got a good handle in that conference right now. Uh, five-star Kentucky, four-star LSU, and three-star South Carolina. Of course, you finish it up by going 2-0 in the NFL. So a uh, fantastic 5-0 and uh, sweep over the weekend. I'm sure it's going to set up a November to remember. That is for sure. But you mentioned the inaugural college football playoff rankings. They're out. They'll be out every uh, Tuesday until we get into early December and the final rankings appear. And uh, are we going to call it an SEC bias? Uh, not necessarily. It's... It's the best league by such a wide margin that the uh, computers, the voters, and most important, the college football playoff selection committee all agree that the Southeastern Conference owns this sport uh, at the present time. Now, the key words, Mark, are at the present, uh, as of uh, Wednesday, October 29th, 2014. This will change as we get into the SEC West Division and that uh, can cannibalism that accelerates in the coming weeks. And, of course, other plot twists occur around the, nest or the rest of the nation. Mississippi State, number one in the AP poll, number one in the playoff rankings poll. Same with Florida State, number two and number two. We differentiate a little bit with Auburn. The Tigers, number four in the AP poll, number three in the playoff rankings poll. And then we get to Alabama, number three in the AP poll, but number six in the playoff rankings poll. I'm sure that one loss against Mississippi has something to do with that. Uh, Oregon, number five in both polls. The team that benefits the most from this inaugural playoff rankings is, in fact, that Mississippi team that you just touched on at the top of the show. They're number seven in the AP poll, but number four in the inaugural college football playoff rankings. I'm sure that their quality win against that Alabama team has something to do with the fact that they are, of course, Ranked in the top four. Amazing, though, that three out of the four teams in that uh, top four playoff rankings poll are all from the SEC West Division. Unbelievable what talent there is, what a strong conference it is in this particular, that SEC West Division, as you mentioned. And, Victor, as I'm going up and down the top 25 teams here, uh, arguably there may be one team that 
I felt was missing from the top 25 poll. Uh, but the, obviously the committee saw otherwise. There is no marshal to be found. Uh, the marshal's out of town, I guess, and uh, East Carolina <laughs> – East Carolina made the poll at number 23, but no Marshall. And uh, do you feel, Victor, obviously it's a strength of schedule issue here with Marshall, but at what point do you see them cracking into the top 25 should this team remain perfect on the season? Well, it it all ties into their strength of schedule. Do they actually have any sort of noteworthy uh, win for the season? I'm not really. They've played some teams uh, in the MAC conference, uh, uh, doormats, if you will, in Miami of Ohio and Ohio U on a down year. They beat Akron on the road, no big deal. They beat Florida International down here in uh, uh, South Florida. Uh, their schedule the rest of the season, Southern Miss, Rice, UAB, Western Kentucky. I don't know if they're going to be uh, cracking that playoff rankings poll. I think the question for Marshall is can we at least get them to a New Year's Day bowl game or later where they're uh, uh, highlighted or showcased uh, at, on the first of the year or later. In terms of that playoff rankings poll, I thought that uh, Notre Dame dropped a few spots. They're number six in the AP poll, but in the playoff rankings poll, Notre Dame is all the way down to number 10, and I'm sure a lot of that has to do, Mark, with the fact that uh, it appears the committee is far less in love with the, the Fighting Irish than the AP poll or even the USA Today poll, in which they're number seven. Uh, the committee seems to be putting plenty of emphasis on quality wins. And Notre Dame's schedule, which looked so tough at the beginning of the year, really has been a cupcake schedule. Uh, no quality wins for them, if you will. Of course, they beat Stanford, but we know the Stanford program has regressed significantly. And, of course, Michigan's flop has hurt the uh, Irish resume as well. And, of course, you know, losing a close one to Florida State is still a loss. So the committee is down a little bit on Notre Dame. But one team that I like uh, in the committee's poll that's uh, currently ranked number seven and they're number 10 in the AP Top 25 poll mark is the uh, TCU team, the Horn Frogs. I think they're in a very attractive position. They've got multiple teams in front of them that are guaranteed to lose at least once. And the next two weeks are big ones for the Horned Frogs as they're taking on number 20, West Virginia, on Saturday. And then they host number 9, Kansas State, next Saturday. If they can get past those two games, their remaining slate against Kansas, Texas, and Iowa State, those three teams are a combined 7-15. and 15. And you got to hand it to Gary Patterson. This was a team that averaged only 25 points per game last year in the Big 12 Conference. And that's not going to cut it in this high-scoring conference so he brought aboard two coordinators from very, very good offensive schools, Doug Meacham from Houston, Sonny Cumbie from Texas Tech. As a result, TCU is now the number one scoring team in the country. They're even out-bailering Baylor. They're scoring 50.4 <laughs> points per game, and they are the new uh, darlings in this uh, quick-strike offense. So I think TCU has got a very uh, interesting track, an attractive one, to potentially get into the Final Four. That's a great point, Victor, because TCU will indeed be favored in every football game they play here on out. And if they don't trip up, as you say, they could be one of these one-loss teams that are going to crack the Final Four and make the playoffs. I think another sidebar note that helps TCU is the fact that there is no playoff amongst the Big 12 teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll avoid that particular uh 
trap, if you will, that particular landmine. So, you know, they went out. We could end up seeing a one-loss team like TCU cracking the top four. There are indeed 18 one-loss FBS teams alive right now as we're speaking. 18 one-loss teams in FBS football this year. So, you know, the committee is keeping a close eye on them. And with regard to the strength of schedule, it appears to me that they're doing an awful lot of what the RPI indexing does in basketball. And that's not only taking a look at the strength of their opponent, but it's their opponent's opponent and Mm -hmm. their opponent's opponent. So they're really analyzing this deep, deep down. And that's why, as you mentioned, Notre Dame, it maybe slips in this particular poll because of a lack of a strength of schedule there that way. Uh, But uh, all in all, there'll be a lot of talk and controversy about where these teams are going to rank each week. What we love about it is we do our show every Wednesday this poll comes out on Tuesday, so it'll give us perfect. nice, perfect fodder to talk about. And before I switch over to the NFL side of things, Victor, one thought to keep in mind this particular weekend. I heard uh, Mike Greenberg on Mike and Mike this morning talk about this, and he brought this point up. It's a great point that Mississippi is the only FBS team that has not allowed 20 points this football season. They'll play Auburn this week, and Auburn has never scored less than 20 points under Gus Malzahn. So the question is, which of these two streaks will stay alive when these two teams collide this Saturday? Interesting stat there. Mississippi at the 20-point barrier, Auburn to the 20-point barrier. My vote is I think Auburn will continue their streak, but we'll end up finding out more about that by the time the final scores roll in Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm talking with Victor King from King Creole Sports. And, Victor, let's move over to the National Football League side of things. And lo and behold, the National Football League side of things, the Cincinnati Bengals awoke last week. Maybe late, late, late they awoke. They were late risers. But uh, after being proclaimed as arguably the best team in the AFC before they went into the bye week, the team went on a siesta and never woke up. They come back to beat Baltimore, shaking the standings up a little bit in the AFC conference. What was your take, Victor, overall on what you saw out of the National Football League results last week? You know, that Cincinnati-Baltimore result is a, a lesson for all of us. Don't base your wager this week specifically on what happened the previous week in which Cincinnati got uh, bounced by the Colts 27-0. to zero. There, in fact, was even a little bit of value on the Bengals this particular week. Uh, underdogs eight and seven against the spread uh, last week. They now come in now at fifty nine sixty and two on the year. We're just about at the even point in terms of underdogs. Uh, double digit dogs, Mark, are having a good year in the NFL. They've gone four and one, eighty percent against the spread this season. And there are one, two, three. There are four of these double digit dogs this week playing Jacksonville, the Jets. Uh, St. Louis and Oakland, the worst spot for underdogs this year has been underdogs playing off back-to-back straight up in ATS wins. Those dogs have gone 2-8 and eight against the spread, and there's one of them going this week, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Dogs against the Cowboys, of course, who uh, surprisingly lost at home on Monday night. So there's a 2-8 and eight spot against Arizona in that particular game. And I did go into the database and query some of the larger dogs. 16 and 7 against the spread last five years. Dogs of greater than 11 points in the NFL when playing off a straight up an ATS loss. In fact, two of those teams qualify this week. That would be the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and the Oakland Raiders. Now, in terms of totals for the second consecutive week, there were more unders than overs in the NFL last week. Uh, seven overs, eight unders. 
The early kickoff games on Sunday went four and five over under. The Sunday late afternoon games went one and two over under. But we got to touch on the primetime games. We talked about it each of the last few weeks. They went two and one over under again. It was the Thursday game going over and the uh, Sunday night game going over the total. Of course, the Monday night game went under pretty significantly in the Dallas-Washington game. But for the year now, 20-5 and over-under in the primetime games. And again, we talked about the great over-pattern last year in non-conference games, AFC versus NFC games, which went over the total at a 75% rate. Uh, an outstanding rate. Well, these primetime games have gone over the total 80% of the time this season. And it's even more remarkable, again, considering the fact that the public, the squares, they play those primetime TV games over the total regardless of the line. In many cases, they're paying a premium. They're paying a tax. They're playing over under line that's two to four points higher than it normally should be. Yet those games have still gone over the total at an 80% clip thus far. It's amazing, Victor. It's kind of like uh, in the days of the gas shortage when people had the big V8 cars and they ended up having to pay a tax on buying those cars because of the gas guzzlers, they called them. But, you know, they enjoyed their ride. They paid the tax. And the people that are playing these primetime overs are paying the tax and enjoying the ride just as well this football season because of our subject matter here. I use that as my featured subject in the USA Today Sports Today column. And I talked about the NFL primetime overs, and there's a good history and some good read into that based largely on what we've talked about here and some past historical events that have happened in these primetime games. If you get a chance, pick up a copy of the USA Today Sports Weekly as as I delve deeper and deeper into the NFL primetime games. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week, and we've got a dandy inside the Pac-12 conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Don't get fooled by a shady handicapper that claims he wins 80% of the time. Get a documented handicapper. Sportswatch Monitor is your home for documented sports picks you can trust. Our collection of handicappers is the finest in the industry, and you can have the confidence every monitored selection has been documented and verified. The Sportswatch Monitor is a non-biased handicapper monitoring service for all major sports. So uncover that shady handicapper by looking first on the Sports Watch. If he isn't there, he probably isn't straight up with you. Go with a reputable handicapper to assist you in building your bankroll. Go to sportswatchmonitor.com and review our top five for football and start winning. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football card. And it's time for our college football game of the week as we hop out to the Pac-12 conference when Oregon plays host to Stanford. Victor, your take on the Ducks and the Cardinal this Saturday. The over-under line, 54.5 in this particular game. This is the lowest over-under line in this Oregon-Stanford series since way back in 2006. This is a series, of course, in which each of the last two years, the games have gone under the total by two touchdowns or more. Last year's game went under the total by 14.5. In 2012, it was uh, under the total by a full 30 points. Now, this was off the heels of a seven-year period from 05 to 11, in which the over in this series went a perfect 7-0. and 
And, you know, it was back in 2011 when, uh, you know, uh, Oregon had run circles around Stanford in a big 53-30 to 30 win that a dejected uh, Andrew Luck uttered the famous phrase, we have an Oregon problem. And that, kind, that night kind of marked the low point in the Jim Harbaugh, David Shaw uh, era. Uh, a new Stanford defense, however, was kind of born in the aftermath of that Oregon's dominance. And the tables, they, they turned in a shocking fashion. Just one season later, in fact, the unit had basically gone from being Oregon's punching bag to the Ducks' uh, kryptonite, if you will. Uh, again, the last two meetings, Stanford 26-20 to 20 win, Stanford 17-14 to 14 win. Basically, that defensive dominance uh, was because of the great defensive line of the um, uh, Stanford Cardinal. The problem is, how does that apply this year in 2014? The defensive line for Stanford, they appear to be a little bit wounded heading into this game on Saturday. We already know that Aziz Shatu will miss the game. And, of course, nose tackle David Perry, which is basically the centerpiece of this great Stanford defensive line, is questionable with a leg injury. If he does not play, it may be a challenge for Stanford to execute that pass formula that's been so good to them over the last two seasons. On this year's season, Oregon comes in 4-3-1 and one over under. They went over the total in their first two games of the season. Then in games three through six, they went 0-3-1 over under. And that's, of course, when they had their own offensive line issues. And since then, they've gone a perfect 2-0 and to the over in their last two games. In fact, in last week's game against California, 100 points were scored, 59-41. to The game went over the total by 22 points. Stanford, you, already know, you know what you're getting in terms of over-under results. They're one of the best under teams in all of college football. One and six over under in the season. Average line, 49.8. Average score, 37.3. So even the margin is significant. The average Stanford game this season has indeed gone under the total by 12.5 full points. We've got exact opposites when we're comparing offenses to defenses in this game of course Oregon number 8 total offense 535 yards per game yet they have the 108 ranked defense allowing 462 yards per game and again exact opposite for Stanford total offense they're ranked number 84 not very good 383 yards per game and only 64.7 offensive plays per game, yet they come in with the number two defense in all of college football, allowing only 250.6 yards per game. So what's going to dominate? Is it going to be the Oregon offense? Is it going to be the Stanford defense? I'm going to lean ever so slightly toward the under mark, but with injuries on the Oregon offensive line still and on the Stanford defensive line, uh, it wouldn't hurt you to pass in this game, too. There are too many uh, question marks, too many uncertainties. But right now, we'll lean ever so slightly to a slightly lower-scoring game, just like the last two years. Victor leans under the total in the Stanford-Oregon showdown game in the Pac-12 conference this week. And you take a look at the Stanford Cardinals as they come into this football game. A little bit of backing to the under total in that they are the number two ranked defense in the nation. They've held four teams to season low yards this football season. That Stanford defense is right where it was last year, arguably maybe even better than it was last year. And they are, in fact, are 212 yards a game better 
defensively than are the Oregon Ducks coming to this contest. But it's been the offense that's been the problem for the Stanford Cardinal this football season here. Is they failed miserably inside the red zone on their with their offense here. In fact, uh, I believe they rank in the bottom ten of the college football teams this year in red zone offense. Do the sputtering Stanford Cardinal coming into this contest? Great record as a conference dog of seven or more points. Stanford's cashed five games in a row in that particular role. Taking a look at Oregon here. To say this is revenge, I think that might be an understatement because the last two times they played Stanford, Stanford beat them last year and snapped their 8-0 season. Two years ago, they beat them and snapped their 10-0 season, which denied them a trip to the national championship game. Big-time revenge here on the mind of the Oregon Ducks in this football game. And, in fact, of their four losses in their last 37 games, two of them came to Stanford. So this is a team that has really, really been a thorn in their side. The Oregon Ducks have the Stanford Cardinal. Good news for Oregon is in conference revenge. They've excelled. They've gone 6-2 and two to the spread and have played very, very well in that particular revenge role. Bottom line to me is Stanford's inability to score in that red zone, as I talked to you before. Uh, they're coming into this football game here really hurting offensively. The lean to me would be to the Oregon Ducks. If for no other reason, we picked them to win the national championship in the Playbook Preview magazine this year, and they're putting themselves in a position to do just that with the new rankings coming out right now. They're just on the outside looking in with the new rankings are Oregon. Not that this win here is going to add a lot of credence to them because Stanford was nowhere to be found in the top 25 poll, but it is an all-important game for the Oregon Ducks. I'll lean to Oregon in this football game for my side in the big showdown game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to hop over to the National Football League side of things and preview our NFL game of the week. And what a dandy we've got on tap when the Denver Broncos take on the New England Patriots. We'll come back with that and a whole lot more right around the corner here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. This football season, go where the wise guys go for all their winning information. Playbook.com website. If accurate, exclusive winning information is important to you, it's important you make Playbook.com your one-stop source for all your football information this season. Whether it's downloading a weekly copy of the Playbook Football Newsletter, selecting guaranteed best bets or free picks from the world-famous Playbook Experts Handicappers, or checking lines and scores, Playbook.com has it all. And make it your inside source this football season for exclusive information not found anywhere on the web. Get every edge imaginable at Playbook.com, where winners go for winners. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence going against the spread with Victor King on the show this week, and it's time to hop over to the National Football League for our NFL Game of the Week. And what a beauty we've got on tap this Sunday when the New England Patriots host the Denver Broncos. Victor, your take on New England and Denver this Sunday. This should definitely be a fun game. And if you play any of the daily fantasy sports, you know, I've been playing uh, on our old buddy DraftKings all season long. You're going to want to get your share of offensive players in this game in your lineup. That is for sure, particularly with the highest over-under line of the week. And on a side note, Mark, I, do, I want to thank everybody who joined us on Sunday for our King Creole five-star NFL game of the month. That was on the Bears-Patriots game over the total. 
Uh, the final score in that game, 51 to 23. The Patriots almost went over the total by themselves. So thanks to all who joined us for that particular play. We got to mention the newsletters, you know, the playbook newsletter, another great winning week. It's on an incredible four week run now, 70% or higher winners in the playbook newsletter. It's the best time of the season to get on board. Uh, totals tip sheet off a winning week. I mentioned your Mark Lawrence preferred pick service went five and zero over the weekend and you're promoting your November to remember. So definitely want to get to playbook.com, uh, download this week's issue of the playbook newsletter, the midweek alert newsletter, the totals tip sheet, the November to remember. And in terms of this Broncos Patriots game, we're going to be using this as our free play of the week on the podcast show, Mark. And we're going over the total. And look, I realize that this call on the over is basically as square as it gets. And you know what? Sometimes the squares win their games as well. And at least in our defense, we have a little bit of over-under ammunition from our database to back it up. Now, of course, we got the fact that the Broncos are off this big Thursday night win. It's in their rearview mirror. The Broncos qualify in the same high-scoring situation that New England was in last week. And it was one of the uh, benchmarks of our five-star game of the month. And quite simply, it's teams who are off a Thursday home win that went over the total have gone 19 and zero over under since the 2008 season. It applied to the Patriots last week at home against the uh, Chicago bears. They were, they were off that Thursday night home win and over against the jets. Guess what? Last week, Denver Broncos home win against San Diego that went over the total. They qualify in the exact same 19-0 and 0 over under system. And for Denver, this also starts a stretch of three straight road games in a row. Uh, NFL teams in the first of three straight road games, when the line is less than a touchdown and the over-under line is 45 or more points, these teams have gone 8-0 and 0 over under since the 2007 season. Now, of course, we got New England. They're in a basically complete opposite scheduling situation. This will be their third straight home game in a row for the Patriots. And this has gone 11-0 and to the over in the last two years. Teams in their third straight home game versus any non-division opponent. Quite simply, 11 overs, zero unders over the last two seasons. Now, we also have the uh, bye week upcoming for the New England Patriots. So they should basically have the pedal to the metal for 60 minutes in this particular game. 18 four and two over under that's 18 overs four unders non-division home underdogs and yes the patriots are a home underdog this week before playing their bye week have gone 18 four and two over under since the 2007 season now one of the final things i queried was yeah the, i took a look at the over under line you've got to it's 55 55 and a half even 56 points however when a line is set that high it is usually justified in fact in the last two seasons in the NFL, all non-division games in which the over-under line is 52 or more points have gone 17-2 and over-under. That's 17 overs, two unders. I know we're playing a, a high price, a high premium. The over-under line's high. It's usually justified. 17 overs, two unders. We locked in our play when the line opened at 54 points, so you're going to want to get yours in as soon as possible. Last team with the ball wins, perhaps you got to think of a final score of somewhere in the range of 35 to 31 and still comfortably over by a touchdown or more. So, Mark, Broncos, Patriots, over. And don't forget to play a lot of those offensive players in your daily fantasy league. 
Victor King goes over the total. He takes the L. Michaels route in this particular football game as he looks for this game to fly over the total when Denver takes on New England. I guess the only thing that might be missing here is the fact that it's not a primetime game, although it is obviously, I think, the best game on the card this particular week. The Denver Broncos, if it seems like these two football teams have met a lot, they have because this is the eighth meeting in the last eight years between these two football teams. Uh, The previous seven, it's been Denver losing five of the previous seven straight up and against the spread. They did, however, knock New England off in the AFC Championship game last year. That'll set the table for revenge for New England in this contest. Victor also talked about some over stats with football teams the week before they go into their bye week. The Denver Broncos uh, since their bye week, they've been a perfect 4-0 straight up and against the spread. They've come out of this bye week playing their best football of the season. And they're also really, really good against the AFC East when they're out back-to-back wins. They've gone 13-3 and to the spread in this particular role. On the New England side of this football contest here, this is a matchup, obviously, of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And from our database, we note that in head-to-head games between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Brady has had the edge. He's won 10 of the 15 games straight up on the scoreboard, losing six of those to the spread in in the process. New England in this rare role of a home dog, if you will, and uh, inside the Playbook Football Newsletter this week, we called out the fact that New England, as a home dog, against an opponent off a win, 9-1 and one to the spread. And in fact, the home team in this series has won the money each of the last four times in a row. Bottom line to me is you've got Tom Brady, the England Patriots, an underdog in a football game playing with revenge. There's no other way, no other side for me to look in this particular contest because of those two factors. You've also got our stat of the week that we posted in the USA Today Sports Weekly. It involves Tom Brady noting that in his NFL career, he's 7-1 and one to the spread as a home dog. The only loss in Tom Brady's career as a home dog was to Peyton Manning. All in all, one heck of a football game. This has got playoff potential written all over it. I'll take the points with the Patriots for my side in Sunday's big Denver, New England football showdown. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas on this hectic weekend of football and the Breeders' Cup and joining with our good friend Dave Tooley from viewfromvegas.com. He's also an author at ESPN.com. He writes, covers the gambling scene there, especially the NFL for ESPN.com. Dave, how is everything going for you this hectic weekend in Las Vegas? Right, exactly, Mark. Uh, I mean, every weekend in, in Las Vegas is is pretty busy, it seems, especially during football season. But, yeah, throwing in the uh, Breeders' Cup in in the mix and uh, Halloween for my family as well. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, it's a very busy time of year, and especially this well, week. i got to ask you this question, Dave. This is the one that I want the answer to the most out of all of our interview this weekend is – what are you going to be dressing up with as Halloween this weekend? <laughs> um, I'm usually like a mad scientist. Uh, we, we we decorate our house like crazy, and we have a little haunted house. And it's uh, usually my job to uh, hand, handle the, uh, the the potions and the electrodes and uh, and scare the kids. It sounds like a little bit of a handicapping formula as well, though. <laughs> the <laughs> <Right>. electrodes, <laughs> the potions. Uh, speaking about handicapping, Dave, uh, a lot of, I guess, uh, we're getting to the halfway point of the LVH, or what used to be the LVH, the Westgate Superbook Contest. And uh, any news that you'd like to share with us, what happened in the contest last week? Well, Alcatraz Holdings, the leader we've been talking about for a few weeks, and and a couple weeks ago I wrote about him in my Tuesdays with Thule column at ESPN.com. 
And uh, we joked about how he wasn't afraid of the Thule jinx or the Thule curse. And uh, he was 26-4 and four against the spread. And at that point, 86.7%, I believe. And, uh, but uh, he's only 50% uh, since then. So he's dropped to 80%. And he's uh, actually been caught for the lead by another contestant going by the alias of CH Ballers. And then they're you know, one game ahead of another guy named Bitter Bob. And then it uh, it spreads out a little bit after that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, like I said, coming come to the halfway point here, uh, week uh, week nine, and it's uh, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people within uh, four games in the lead, you know, the top uh, thirty seven people uh, within four games in the lead here. So a lot can happen, and in that mix, uh, tied for seventh place. <laughs> With 28 wins is uh, David Frohart Lane, the defending champion. So he's uh, three games out of the lead right now. So it's uh, it should be very interesting to cover that throughout the rest of the year. Like jockeys leading their horses down the stretch, I'm sure they're looking over their shoulders and knowing that David Frohart Lane is fastly approaching as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the stretch run, or at least at the halfway point of the NFL football season, takes place. We'll talk about the stretch run maybe in about a month or so. But uh, Dave, uh, also with regard to the contest in Las Vegas, any moves that you saw this particular week that were a little bit out of line or the major moves that happened on the sendouts last week as opposed to this week's lines? Yeah, the uh, a week ago Tuesday, for people who don't know, the Westgate puts out their advance line on Tuesday, you know, 12 days ahead of the Sunday card for the following week. And, yeah, they had the Panthers one and a half over the Saints. And, um, you know, people that are keeping up on the lines now, lines now know that uh, that's flipped over. The Saints a two and a half point road favorite in that Thursday night clash. Um, m- moving to Sunday. <clears throat> Uh, the Dolphins and Chargers was pick them on the advanced line. Uh, that reopened on Sunday at two and a half at the Westgate, but now we've seen most of the money came in, coming in on the Chargers there. Wouldn't be surprised if we also see a change of favor there uh, as well. I just checked uh, this morning, and it's down to one and a half. Um, another one, um, a couple games uh, off the board at, at most books. Um, Vikings-Redskins with RG3, uh, questionable, and the Cardinals-Cowboys with Romo questionable we went on Osmakers waiting for news on those but uh, the biggest move by number this week um, Chiefs against the Jets in the advance line last Tuesday uh, it was Chiefs minus five it got bet up to five and a half right away by the uh, the batters that like to try and pick off some of these early numbers and uh, now it's uh, trading around nine and a half and uh, and ten uh, some some places. So uh, you've seen a, a five-point swing there past the key number of seven and uh, all the way to double digits there. Another line that's gone to double digits, not quite as big of a move. Uh, the 49ers were seven and a half on the advanced line against the Rams, uh, reopened at nine and a half on Sunday, and we've seen that uh, mostly get back to, to, to 10 as well. Once again, some major moves occurred from last week to this week inside Las Vegas, particularly with the Superbook contest. And Victor, before I get to Dave's complimentary play in the show this week, I know you've got a question you'd like to run by him as well. Yeah, Mark, I just want to get Dave's impression of the um, results over the NFL weekend, particularly the very surprising Monday night results. Uh, we know the tendency for the you know primetime players or squares 
to bet the big division favorite like Dallas, to bet the game over the total. And I would imagine it was the absolute perfect ending for the sports books. Uh, Dallas not only uh, not covering the point spread, but losing the game outright at home by a field goal and the undercashing fairly equally. And Dave, I would imagine there was probably a lot of parlays, six-point teasers, even (laughs) 10-point teasers tied into the Cowboys that basically all went down the toilet. Right, exactly. Uh, the uh, the books uh, love that kind of result on uh, on Monday night, and uh, a lot of times they like when a, a big favorite um, doesn't cover, but they do end up covering the uh, winning the game, so that it mm-hmm. uh, minimizes some of the uh, money line that they got to bet on the the underdogs. But yeah, not as many people were uh, were counting on the Redskins with uh, Colt McCoy to come through the win there. So right. so this is actually. A, Worked out better for him, and like you said, it, it killed an awful lot of parlays and teasers, every every which way. And yeah, you also mentioned that over under. Um, I've been posting on Twitter and on the View from Vegas forums about how the overs were twenty and four in primetime games uh, this year. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the public is usually betting overs anyway, but uh, people that have been seeing that that trend have probably been jumping on the overs. Uh, even more, but uh, that right. uh, yeah, with it uh, finishing under the forty-nine and a half by by a long shot, even even if they had traded field goals <laughs> and then a winning right. touchdown in overtime, uh, it still wouldn't have got to that number. So it uh, yeah, it was stone stone cold under there, and yeah, pretty pretty good uh, weekend for the books. Uh, that uh, Steelers upset of the Colts was uh, was equally as uh, as as strong for them. I guess, Dave, we had to sit through and watch the Pittsburgh Steelers upset the Colts with those gaudy prison-like uniforms. <laughs> Jailbreak. <laughs> uh, you just personally wonder when they're going to ditch those things. And, you know, I mean, there, were, there were uniforms back in Chuck Knowles' days, you know, that people could relate to a whole lot more than the jailbreak uniforms. But Right, um, exactly. I, I think that game would have looked better in black and white. But uh, Yes, it would have. Yeah. That would have been perfect. That would have been right. perfect. All right, Dave, I'm going to ask you, before I ask you this, I also want to let our, our listeners know out there that Dave will be handicapping the Breeders' Cup. You know, he was a former columnist for the Daily Racing Forum, and he did that each and every year. He has a real, real good feel for the Breeders' Cup. You can follow all of Dave's selections on the Breeders' Cup at his website at viewfromvegas.com this weekend. That's viewfromvegas.com to pick up Dave Tooley's Breeder' Cup horse race selections this weekend. And with that, Dave... Your complimentary play in the football show this week. We'll see if it's as close or as good as Buffalo Bills were last week. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, my overall weekend uh, wasn't as strong there, but uh, yeah, the Bills was a, a good, solid play. Glad we were on the right side there. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the Breeders' Cup, and uh, certainly love the Breeders' Cup for all the long shots that come in. Uh, so- some years I'm able to find those long shots. And uh, that's always a good time. Uh, other years, I don't hit the right long shots. But uh, anytime I, I don't hit one, I at least at least uh, validates that I'm playing it the right way. Um, like I said, you, you can't you can't bet them all. But uh, but uh, this week in the NFL, I'm going to be going um, for my play of the week. I'm going to go with the uh, the biggest long shot of them all, the the Oakland Raiders at Seattle, uh, getting you know, 15 and a half points right now. Um, we've seen this number steaming up a little bit more. I haven't mentioned it because, yeah, between you know, 14 and a half, 16, uh, not that much of a difference with those numbers. But the Raiders, you know, they've been a decent underdog this year. And I know I saw in the playbook, uh, what, six, what are they, 6 1 and 1 when they're 13 point dogs or bigger in recent years. But uh, th- this is actually more you know, play against the Seahawks. You know, 
we've seen, you know, that they, uh, their home field invincibility got uh, tarnished a little bit with the loss to the Cowboys. But just overall, their, their games, they haven't been in that uh, blowout mode like uh, we used to see them. And uh, even last week against the Car- Carolina Panthers, I, I know Panthers are better than the Raiders, and it was on the road. But even so, uh, I, I see this as much more likely of a, a result where the Seahawks um, grind out a win, and then everyone talks about after the fact that uh, the home field was the uh, the medicine for them. But uh, those getting more than two touchdowns will be just as happy with with that result. Dave Tooley on the Oakland Raiders here to draw a horse racing analogy, fading Seattle in this football game as much as playing on the Oakland Raiders here. I guess, Dave, it's kind of like fading a, an odds-on favorite horse that's just not in fit condition. When you know There's something been wrong with the horse, and they're bringing him back out, and he's coming out at 2-5, to five, and you simply just don't bet horses like that, and you just don't bet this kind of favorites in the National Football League when they're not hitting on all cylinders as well. So Dave Tooley taking advantage of that and the Oakland Raiders and the value in this football game for his complimentary play on the show this week. Dave, I'm going to wish you the best of luck this weekend in both the Breeders' Cup and all your uh, – Whatever happens to you in the world of college football and the National Football League as far as results are concerned, great job on the show this week. And once again, good luck with the kids this Halloween weekend. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot. Good luck, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. That was Dave Tooley joining us from viewfromvegas.com. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we'll wrap things up with our awesome angle of the week. That and our complimentary plays when we come back for the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Imagine getting up to $900 in free plays bonuses on every qualified deposit. Use your Visa, MasterCard, or even American Express. Only at Bet Online. Because you can. Your side failed to score? Use your shutout bailout card and get your bet back. Only at Bet Online. Because you can. Your side given up by halftime? Use your halftime surrender card. Get half of your bet back. Only at Bet Online. Because you can. And remember, you get bonus on every deposit. That's the lifetime bonus guarantee. Only from Bet Online. Because you can. Terms and conditions apply. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football this week. We call it Bowlers on the Brink. And what we're looking to do is to play on any 500 exact college football underdog of more than three points in game nine of the season. If they were a bowl team last year, and they're facing an opponent that's off a straight-up loss. Teams in this particular role, these bowlers on the brink, have gone 19-4 and against the spread since 1990. The play this week will be on Navy, the midshipman plus the points, for our bowlers on the brink awesome angle play on the football show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Victor King as he recaps his complimentary play on the football card this week and shares with you what's going on at King Creel Sports this weekend. Victor, take it away. Absolutely, Mark. Uh, our primetime plays have done well this season from our King Creole service, 13-4 and four against the spread. That's been a combination, of course, of favorites, dogs, overs, and unders. We'll have a Thursday night play in the NFL. We'll have a Monday night play in the NFL, always up at playbook.com. Uh, as is uh, this week's download of the Hot Playbook newsletter and the totals tip sheet and the midweek alert. Again, Broncos Patriots over. Uh, we got ours in at 54 points. Get in as soon as possible. It could be a uh, scenario where the last team with the ball wins. 
And if we're looking for an under this week in the NFL, uh, consider the game down here in South Florida, Mark, the Chargers and the Dolphins. Uh, heck, how can you go against a series in which each of the last 11 meetings have gone under the total when these two play each other? Your over-under line's 44. They've averaged only 33.7 combined points per game in the last 11 meetings. Not to mention the fact that both teams are ranked in the top seven in passing defense this season. So that looks like it's got some pretty good under uh, characteristics if you're looking for a low-scoring game in the NFL Again, Broncos Patriots over, and of course, check out our primetime plays, always up at playbook.com the day before the game. All online at playbook.com, you can score big with Victor King, King Creole Sports, when you log on this weekend. Victor, once again, going over the total in the Denver-New England game for his complimentary play on the show this week, with a teaser play on the San Diego-New England game to look that total to go under as well. Taking a look at my complimentary play on the football card this week, and before I get there, I want to remind you that my college football false favorite game of the month kicks off this Saturday, and I love these false favorite games. These are teams that are underdogs that I see winning the game in straight-up fashion, and in fact, arguably could be the favorite in the football contest. We're documented 34-11 and 11 on these plays since 1990. Last month, our Paul's favorite game was Notre Dame plus the three over Stanford in a straight-up win. It's all part of another $99 football weekend of winners, and people who joined me last weekend win a perfect 5-0 and with our $99 weekend football winners. You can do so this weekend, or join me for our 10-star November to Remember, where you'll get every one of my college and pro football plays throughout the month of November including the big 10-star game of the year. And as a free no-charge bonus, you'll also get my daily late-bone basketball plays, all for less than the cost of one three-star winner alone. Either way, hop on board today for the College Football Falls Favorite Game of the Month with the $99 Football Weekend of Winners or our 10-star November to Remember football packages. You'll be glad you did. My complimentary play on the football show this week comes directly from the Playbook Midweek Alert newsletter this week. This is our statistical newsletter, and we tear teams down and look for advantages statistically in football games. And I think we've got a beauty on tap this week when Virginia invades Georgia Tech to take on the Yellow Jackets. Look at these two football teams as they come into the contest here. Virginia's lost their last two football games in a row, but yet they won the stats by 200 yards combined in those two losses. And in fact, they won the stats 93 yards a game in all FBS contests this football season. You take a look at Georgia Tech, who comes in 6-2 and two on the season, but they've been outgained an average of 36 yards a game on the season. So you got one team that's playing very, very well on the field, having a little bit of tough luck on the scoreboard against one team that's winning games with smoke and mirrors, if you will. And we take a look also in this particular contest. They're averaging Georgia Tech surrendering 441 yards a game in FBS contest. That's 111 yards worse defense for Georgia Tech than it is for Virginia in this contest here. This is a huge game for the Virginia Cavaliers, who I say, like I say, are sitting at 4-4 four and four on the football season here. And the arguable strength for Georgia Tech is their rushing offense, and there's no question about that. But I'm going to say this. They've padded their numbers on the ground this year. Their last three games have been against rush defenses of Pittsburgh, North Carolina, and Duke. Those teams ranked number 73, number 109, and number 95 in the FBS rankings this year. The Virginia Cavaliers, nowhere near that. A very, very staunch rush defense will grab up the points with Virginia for our complimentary play on the football show this week. 
And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank Victor King from King Creole Sports, Dave Tooley joining us from Las Vegas, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>